0: Hello and welcome to Art Talks. My name's Dan Zhao and in this episode we speak to renowned French DJ, producer and AI artist Agoria who concludes Scorpio's summer art program in resonance with his collection of bio-generative artworks called Bohemia. We speak to him on location in Mekanos ahead of his highly anticipated exhibition and DJ set at Scorpio's. Agoria, a.k.a. Sebastian Devo, it's a pleasure to have you on Art Talks. How are you doing?
1: I'm so glad. You know, we have an amazing landscape. I'm sitting in front of the beautiful sea in Mykonos with all my friends because tonight is a big day for me. It's the first time I can introduce and exhibit to both my art and my music. So I will be playing, you know, from 10 to 1 at Scorpius, like a usual uh, setup here. And before that, we present the Bohemia Collection, And I'm so excited for that. Fantastic. And just to give people some context, we are
0: sitting at Trinity in Mykonos, just down the road from Scorpios, which is where we are going to have the big unveiling of Sebastian's brand new piece, or should I say 22 pieces. I don't think think we're going to see all 22 tonight, but the piece is called Bohemia. And it's a collection of 22 unique works conjuring the magnificent vibrance of the island's coral reefs alive with colour and motion can you just tell us more about how and why this project came
1: about i think it's it came because of my relationship first with scorpios and second of my relationship with helio from OFA. we had the chance to meet both together here one year ago exactly by the beach and i think we were the two only maybe with thomas uh, owner of uh, scorpios we were the only ones like speaking about digital art. <laughs> the only ones uh, trusting each other on that. Mm. And I don't know, this idea came up of uh, working something here and it told me i had like a plan and ideas. And I said, okay, like, hook me up when it's ready. And we had a chance to to meet end of last year. And I said, okay, I will work on something special for, for this place. Because, you know, we travel the whole world like every week, every place in the world, like from let's say, classic clubs, huge festival. And there are a few places that I really love particularly. So it's it's no bullshit. Scorpius is one of maybe my favorite club in the world because the audience is um, freaks. The audience is bohemians. The audience is uh, jet set.
0: Classy freaks, by the way. Very good-looking, classy, elegant freaks. I never thought I'd ever hear all of those words in one sentence, but tonight, we have.
1: <laughs> but I, And that's what I love, you know. I, I'm a kid of the rave parties, so it can sound a bit weird, you know, to say, okay, I'm I'm in Scorpius and this is what I love today. But actually, I can feel the spirit of this freedom and all together make a good party, a good place, and then we create a good collective with a nice philosophy. And this is, uh, yeah, this is my heaven here. So... I mean, there was no question for me why I should think about the piece here, what I should uh, do as a collection. And this thematic of Bohemians, of modern Bohemians, was kind of natural. So I thought, you know, what modern Bohemians want to do nowadays is preserve an ecosystem and obviously uh, showing what is this ecosystem, the beauty of it, Uh, merging this with my um, way of working, biogen art and AI, and, you know, there was no question. Amazing. I think it's fair to
0: say that you're quite a curious-by-nature person. Mm-hmm. And you definitely don't like to be pigeonholed, right? So <laughs> true. Your background is DJing, producing electronic music predominantly. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fair to say that you're part of the first generation who are merging this gap between music and digital art, you know, and in a way that's never been done before, right? Do you think that artists, as in musical artists, are going to have to inevitably embrace digital art as part of their, their work and their career? Do you think like, the culture, the industry in general is going to have to embrace it sooner or later?
1: So I will start from another angle. The DJing really changed a lot the last 10 years, even the last 20 years, but let's just speak about the last 5-10 years. It's becoming more like um, a thing about like, of fame only. Mm. You want to show how successful you are, how cool you are, how grateful you are in front of a stage. So I'm seeing DJs nowadays with five people around them filming every single minute of their life to show how successful they are, how rich they are, how cool they are. And then they want to show this for people to embrace that, to think that, okay, this is the the way um, you should follow and everyone should wish that. But I don't want this at all. Mm. When I started to do electronic music, I really wanted to to enjoy my DJ set but when we started nobody was looking at us when we were playing. Yeah, absolutely. People were dancing in the crowd. Nobody was watching us. They were looking at, at, at your
0: hands moving the records on the turntable.
1: Maybe yes, but they were we, we did not have to dance like crazy or jump or like doing like a, all this kind of You weren't playing to the camera basically. You were playing to the audience. Think, yes, and I think DJs and me included. Get worse with uh, all these cameras. We don't play as good as before, and I'm including myself, of course. That's a really interesting point, actually. Because, like, we we always like let's say format in a way, or people are expecting things from us because of all these videos. They expect a drop. They expect, you know, a reactivity. They expect so many things. So the travel, the journey we are doing as DJ has totally changed. Mm. Really, totally changed. So even if I know all this, I try to mix both. You know, because of course, I love DJing and I and I want to keep DJing. So for me, it's kind of a paradox, I think, just to trying to measure all these influences and, and being still nowadays uh, acceptable as a DJ to be booked in a way, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, from this angle, what I'm saying this is the DJ really changed. And my creativity now, I think, of course, I will do a new album next year. But my creativity also now is... Okay, what makes, excites me to use, um, for example, all this image, what is exciting for me? Is it to show a, a plate of food? Is it to show mm. me in a fucking private jet when the world is dying? You know, all this DJ putting thing in private jet. It's like disgusting. I think it's porno abundance, you know? It's, we don't want that. This is not the world we want. Even if you have to take a private jet because you play two gigs in the same night and the only way to do this... Is take project Do it, but it's functional. It shouldn't be glorified. It's functional, but don't make this like it's a way of life. Absolutely not. You are killing the planet, and I hate that. So for me, to being creative is actually trying to use all these tools uh, that we have nowadays and to make it as more exciting artistically. So I prefer to past. Uh, bohemia pieces collection or i prefer to work on this kind of image than thinking okay what would be my outfit even if i have an amazing outfit just for you today
0: (laughs) you do Uh, (laughs) he's got a fantastic leopard skin shirt on by the way guys
1: and he's wearing it incredibly well you know otherwise you spend 80 percent of your day thinking about how you will communicate about your gig how will you communicate when you play what will you pass the day after but that's not this to be an artist
0: so would you say that like your immersion or embracement of digital art in a way maybe even subconsciously like you know subliminally is a bit of a rebel against what is now becoming the dj culture that you just described in terms of like you're not
1: being fully satisfied with the state of expression via that art form i think nobody understands what i'm doing mm. in my scene very few understand and very few thinks oh, okay something about money something about um, actually, it's the opposite, you know, mm. I spend so much time w- working on pieces, so much time de- developing all these um, tools and community also, that in a way it's, it's much more demanding than just if I was just keep playing, keep producing a track every week, and um, so it's much more demanding, and, but I feel it's who I am.
0: So how, how is your audience? And I mean, like, from day one, first generation audience who've been following you for all of these years, how are they embracing this new version of you in terms of the DJ producer and the digital
1: artist? So I'm 47. So my loyal audience, uh, w- when I started at 18, I think they're... Are they all dead? <laughs> no, <I'm> not. <laughs> but unfortunately, they're, they're not following me much. Okay. So uh, I got lucky, let's say, every generation uh, fell in love with one of my tunes, let's say. So when I started, it was uh, La Onziere Marche, then it was Le you know, Vieux then it was Scala, then it was You're Not Alone and Remedy. So every generation, let's say, get loyal for a period. Sure. And so um, I'm used to travel with this also because my music really changed the last 25 years too. You know, I used to play really kind techno. Okay. And nowadays I'm, I'm, I'm getting cooler and cooler. Get a bit softer in your old age. Softer and softer, not cooler, so yes, <laughs> softer and softer. I guess it's in a way it's normal, I mean yeah absolutely it's it's evolution yeah uh, during the last ten years, I met so many people because I moved to Paris, and I met a lot of uh, plasticians, contemporary artists that's also open minded about many things that I was curious about before, but I was not really into it, so I started to do um, works you know. For Philippe Parino as a, as a, some, sometimes editing for the sound, you know, in in museums like the Tate Modern in London, for example. And I love his approach of working, and I'm not at all at his um, point of reflection as an artist is doing this for, for so many years. But I love also to think more about the narrative, mm. not just about the output. And so Bohemia for me was more about, I mean, even if of course I like the outputs, but the first point was the narrative.
0: Amazing. Let's move on to speaking about your fascination with biogenerative art. It's something that's quite a poignant aspect of, of, of you know your uh, your work in the digital art space. What sparked your interest? Where did it all come from?
1: So I, I don't know if it's actually this discipline. I don't know if there is someone else doing this. Mm. Could you describe it for us? So the, the, my first work was uh, Compendia. So I, I started to capture the repetition of human gesture on the walls. Everywhere I was doing I was... Touring, I was Capturing you know this poster poster, you know, the guy who put like advertising on the walls. So they, they were like non-stopping posting like propaganda for, for my show or for a political... F- okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I started to see what was behind that and I captured what was behind all these posters. And from this repetitive human gestures, this generative art, I started to thought about, you know, the generative art nowadays is about coding. And I love to add this biological uh, aspect about this. So I I started working with scientists in Paris like from the CNRS, National Center of Research. So physicists and biologists. And I did a few uh, collections. One was um, about what's happening in your brain Mm. uh, before you snap a decision. Neurologically, we're talking about, right? So the, the biologist Alice Meunier actually captured filming. Okay. Uh, the birth of Santiago, and I will not go too scientific here, and also because it's it, it's not my job. We haven't job, got long enough. <laughs> we don't have long enough. But let's say that we managed to capture what happens before you take a decision, before you have a decision and an emotion, which actually is kind of vertiginous because what we are really in control. What I what is the premise of all our decision, and so from this, you know, like the, um, I started to have um, for me my kind of a research roadmap where every single piece I'm doing, every collection I'm doing, will be the birth of the next one. So Compendia create Compendia, who create um, uh, what we did nowadays with Bohemia. So every time is, I like to see the birth of the next collection in the last one.
0: Art Talks is curated by Hoffa. For more information, head over to the com. So alongside Bohemia, which is being unveiled, announced, shown to the world today here um, in Mykonos. You also have another project that you recently announced uh, called The Sandbox, which is, and I quote, a collection of Agorian avatars. And it's the first ever Web3 avatar collection with an automatic appearance transformation. And the avatar will transform every six hours, aligning itself to the real life time of day. Question one, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, uh, simply, uh, your avatars will uh, uh, change over the clock. Every six hours, it, your avatars will switch from day to night mode. So, you will collect a piece, but this piece will change every six hours. You know, I'm not a big fan of collectibles, I'm not a big fan of collections of avatars and this thing, but the metaverse really interrogates me, and I really want to, to step in. So, I was I was happy to make this collection, but because of this dynamic uh, kind of revolution, it makes it interesting and it makes sense for me to do it. I thought, like, you know, from my nightlife that people are really true to themselves by night. When by day, we are like, you know, surrounded by the bus, by a wife, or boyfriend, or friends. Everybody is watching at you. So, not in a way they are judging you, but anyway, the eyes are around you. So, you are like, kind of um, not manipulate, but you are. It's more say, noise than ever. You are, That's let's say like um, in an algorithm, the, the algorithm, and you have to do things. You get up at that time, take the subway, go to work, lunch, blah, blah, blah. By night, you can do whatever you want. And you are really yourself. Most of, most of people are saying by night, people are lying, but they are not themselves. I think totally the opposite. By night, the people are truly themselves. That's why I love the nightlife. Because by night, you know, you can discover the character. If you go to Japan, for example, by everybody is like... Very serious, very calm, very protocol. But by night, they are amazingly crazy and fantastic. They take off the facade and they themselves. And I thought about this for these collections about, okay, question yourself who you are really. And I think the, you know, the metaverse is amazing for that, that you can be exactly who you want in the metaverse, where by day it's more difficult. Mm. In the metaverse, you can really uh, shape the character, the person, and you can also develop many things that you would like to achieve by your physical life. And I think the Metaverse is totally real, it's not virtual. Okay, that's interesting. It's totally real. It's like a book. Well, I mean, if we start talking the Matrix language,
0: of course, it's just another simulation, really, isn't it? Just a brand new one which people are yet to embrace.
1: If you think a book is uh, is uh, is physical, Metaverse is physical. You mm. think a movie is physical because you're inside the movie, inside the theater, sorry, and you are like inside the the character, the actors, the actress. You're inside the, When you go to theater, you you want to be inside the hero. And if you believe in this in your physical world, the Metaverse is the same. It's not virtual at all. So I love to embrace this. So the, my Metaverse will be one life, two bodies as I think we have like more than two bodies actually, but let's start with two bodies. And uh, yeah, let's embrace this and see how this avatar collection will, will be received. Is there anything
0: that you're skeptical about when it comes to the metaverse, Web3, NFTs?
1: I did a conference at the United Nations like uh, four or five months ago. They invited me to, to speak about my vision about Web3 and metaverse. And they were all so over-skeptical over... Putting so much barriers. And I totally understand it because it's in many ways dangerous for scam, for um, abuse of identity. Because it's unregulated at the moment. Because right? it's unregulated. Exactly. So, of course, there are like many things to take care of. But as an artist, I think everybody should be in his role, and governments, states, companies should care about this. But as an artist, my responsibility is also to embrace these technological tools to make something the most wild. And then, of course, all this need to be regulated. I'm not saying the opposite, of course. It needs to be. But inside of that, I want to take the max maximum freedom I can. Let me just add one thing about... I'm not saying that I shouldn't be responsible. Because what I said before, I could think like, okay, I don't care, everybody... I can. Sure. Of course, I'm kind of on the front face for this scene. So obviously, I know that sometimes, when I experiment, I need to care about also what could be the consequence of it. Yeah. But I experienced the beginning of electronic music when everybody tells me it will kill the music. This is not music. It was like 30 years ago. It's music for yeah. stupid people, like people when I was going to my ex-girlfriend's uh, place, uh, being introduced to the parents, people were like me, Oh, darling, are you really dating this DJ as your boyfriend? They were ashamed. Nowadays when you come to a place, your DJ, oh, wow, amazing, my, my daughter, you're the best, you found a DJ, fantastic. And it's the same nowadays, I think. Sorry, can you imagine parents saying <laughs> that to their kids these days? Oh my God, you're dating a DJ. So proud of you, darling. Bring him around now. It's exactly that. <laughs> but um, I feel exactly the same nowadays with uh, all artists using blockchain and AI. Mm. Like they're saying this is not art there is the same copyright question that we had with the sampling at the beginning. Yes, good point. Um, so, many, so many common points, and we see nowadays where we are. And I think the main difference is... But I, actually, I don't think it's a difference because every generation say, it goes so fast, much faster than ever. But it was, if you look at the history, every generation say, it goes fast, fast, much faster than before. So I think it's exactly the same today. Mm. So I wouldn't be too much scared. I think, of course... Um, taking my responsibility and social ones but um, let's make it for the best
0: what should artists be conscious about when it comes to the power and the influence that digital art is having these days on society right and even even take it a step back just look at what the image on Instagram does to a person in terms of the influence it has right so you could you could frame it as digital arts now, kind of like the evolved 2.0 version of that. Therefore, what's going to be the influence of that on society? Is it going to be a good one? Is it going to be a bad one? Is it too early to even be able to speculate?
1: Yeah. So I I will answer both for music and for art. Mm -hmm. Uh, For art, I'm really into abstract art Mm. and more than figurative art. So I think the danger for AI is more the figurative Things where we can fake any place, any p- people. So in the end, that could be a danger for your identity. So I think also the wallet of people will be as important as the passport of people. Mm. Not wallet in terms of money of currency, but what they collect will define who they are, and we will see if they are fake or not. So the wallet will be very important uh, for the identity of people, and for the music side. Uh, I did try, actually, to do a track with the voice of Snoop Dogg. And I met Snoop and I met uh, Champ Medici's son. Did you? Uh wow. they, they, gla- they, they were nicely uh, inviting me in Paris to today's show. And, um, and I, <laughs> actually, it was incredible what you, you could do. And meet, meeting him, I said, yeah, it's exactly the same voice, it's incredible. <laughs> really? Wow. But that's... what I thought then is like, the audience wants to listen and collect a song that is made by an artist. So even if there are two or three people that will use AI to fake it, and they will, everybody will know, of course, uh, Snoop will tell you in one second that it's not me who, who sing this song, then people, who, I think this is, this will disappear by itself. So it's, it's not a big question. And anyway, Spotify playlists has, are full of AI songs. I mean, so many playlists are full of AI songs that you're listening without knowing it's done by AI.
0: That's a very really good point, actually. Yeah. And who knows what's, AI producer and what's not terrifying girls and boys terrifying (laughs) okay so um let's finish off on this if there was one two three pieces of advice that you could give to the new generation of musical artists considering the position that you're in being at the intersection of music and digital art is there any advice you could give to up-and-coming
1: artists Same advice as for young musicians, um, that as for artists, is like the more easy is it to, to make an art piece, the more easy is it to make a song, the most difficult it's to achieve to be a real artist and to show your authentic personality. So even if what you do is looks or sounds very different of what it exists, it's a good, good, good road because... I mentioned some software that I use, like Stable Diffusion, Runaway, Steel Gun. You can do so many things with this so fast, but so conventional in a way. And the same as for the musician Ableton, yes, or Logic. I'm an Ableton guy. So with Ableton, you have so many loops. That is so You can do a track in one hour, and then it will sound quite cool, actually, but mm. people will forget it's, it a week after, because... Uh, everybody will use the same loops and the same kind of way of producing. So is how you maintain your uh, legitimacy and your legacy, how we can see your imprint. That's the most important.
0: So ladies and gentlemen, I believe the moral of the story is you have to work harder <laughs> to be authentic these days, but it's worth the fight if you have something that you want to say within your art. And actually, if you have something that you want to say,
1: you did 50% of the road. Sebastian, it's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much.